Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Talkin' Jacks. My name is Alex Warren and I am joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Ben Gosshorn. How are you doing on this fine Monday evening, Ben? I'm doing pretty darn good. I uh, was able to move the desk across town tonight and get it set up and get everything assembled on the desk uh, in time to podcast. So it's... uh, This is good news. Yeah, it feels feels at home, I guess, in some ways. Back at home on the podcast desk. Yeah. For those of you who don't follow Ben on Twitter, which is probably nobody, but if, if you haven't seen his podcast desk, go to his Twitter and look at it. It is a thing of beauty definitely something it's very uh it's abstract art i guess it was what you could call it <laughs> but um but yeah um we had a game or i should say we didn't have a game thankfully um, <laughs> yeah the independence had a game this weekend and yeah, they did. it was not a complete not a complete disaster yeah i mean which was a surprise which yeah for the you know we weren't able to tell you our predictions um because the last episode we recorded last week there was a i was just telling ben there was a whole audio kerfuffle uh basically we had recorded we had some trouble during the recording with the skype connection disconnecting and then so i spent like an hour and a half editing it only for the audio to get corrupted and and lose the whole episode so that's why we haven't talked to you guys in a while um we just didn't have any, any time in the schedule to, to basically say what we said on last Monday, uh, say it again. So we, we both were very worried about this game that happened uh, against Sporting because, you know, we were worried that we were only going to be able to field like 15 players. And yeah. luckily we, we got, you know, Mark Hill was on the, on the field at the end of the game, uh, back from a very long absence. Um, we had a new signing on the bench. Um, there was, you know, some last minute things that happened there. <laughs> to kind of give us get our number up get our number up a little bit but uh yeah, yeah. i think all things you know if you can take away the what happened in the game if you just look at the result I, you know a nil nil draw on the road is not good but considering last week's performance and the performance before that uh i think you walk away a little bit okay with it and then when you talk about at least from what I saw of the performance, it, we looked more aggressive, uh, and then the stats bear that out. We we outshot them. Uh, we actually took 17 shots, which I think might be the most shots we've taken this season. It's it's at least up there towards the top. We may have yeah, gotten above. Um, I think we had only prior to this game we'd only gotten above like 16, like two or three times the whole season, and that was including the uh, game against Soccer Soldiers, uh, which went into extra time. So. Um, it's been creating that many chances has been rare and Enzo himself created eight. Um, and that was, we've probably, we've, we've gone whole games where the whole team created eight chances and, and less. Uh, I think against yeah. Ottawa, it was even less and just one player was able to do that. So um, obviously there was the, you know, there were a couple of moments that turned the game. There was Brandon Miller saved a penalty, um, which mm-hmm. it was a kind of, un- it was one of those weird penalties where, Yes, it was a foul, but it was just, it was harsh. I mean, it's a foul. It's it's a foul anywhere else on the field, and it's a foul in the box. But it's like one of those, I saw this great, like, tweet about it over the weekend because it was coming up in um, the Women's World Cup. There was a, 
handball like right on the edge of the box in like near the corner uh mm. of, like near the end line excuse me and it was like why is a handball at this angle you know from this far away deemed the same as someone getting tackled at the six yard box like there, it's a very art the you know the the 18 yard box is very arbitrary so you know, yes, it was a foul. Yes, it it was a penalty by the book, but it it just feels harsh because, you know, penalties are just in and of themselves pretty harsh. They're all, you know, they're scored I think at like an eighty percent rate for the most part. So it was great that Brandon Miller made the save. Yeah. Um, I think there was a little bit of theatrics in that. I mean, because I mean, if that I'll say this: if Indom gets that much contact on him, which I don't even think was very much. I mean, he swept his foot. I'm not going to deny that. But if he makes that contact with him, and it didn't even look like he got that much of him, to be honest with you, or that forceful, he probably doesn't dive like that unless it's in the box. I mean, it's harsh to uh, say that, that maybe. he could have gotten a dive for that, but like, he accentuated the hell out of that contact. I mean, I can't blame him, because if that was us, I would be like, good on you, <laughs> yeah. whoever. You did what you're supposed to. And, I mean, you can't put attackers in that position and not expect them to do that, but... Um, yeah, it was weird because, and I double checked this, but I wonder if you noticed this too. Um, it was their center back. They had take the PK. Why? Oh, wow. I, I didn't, maybe he's, maybe, I don't know. I don't even think he's the captain. Maybe he's the captain. It doesn't actually tell you on the USL website. Cause of course it doesn't. <laughs> Who's the captain? I know it does. Oh, their goalkeeper was the captain. So that's unlikely that their goalkeeper's going to take it. Um, but, yeah, like, their their center back comes running up, and I'm like, okay, this is weird. And, I mean, kudos to Brandon, too, because he saved it. And, I mean, that's – we're probably one of the few uh, teams that have saved a PK in back-to-back weeks. Of course, we don't want to let up a PK in back-to-back weeks, but um, that's kind of how it happens sometimes. Um, so, yeah, and it just – as the course of the game went on, I think one of the big things that kind of hit me today when I was thinking about the game a couple days removed is that in matches past, I think even letting up that penalty would have been detrimental to our morale. Um, yeah. And you, you got to think, too, that Brandon making that save and rallying the troops and... I don't want to say giving us something to play for, but really keeping it even, essentially, I mean, and technically, really kept everyone on an even keel um, as far as emotions go. Because we, it feels like we've seen maybe emotions get the best of players when certain bad things happen or this, that, and the other happens. Um, so I think that's a huge step in the right direction. Um even in general, just to, to to give up a penalty like that. And really, I mean, they apparently won the possession battle, which still feels a little weird to it, me. It was really close. I think it was like 51 to 49. So it's not like... Yeah. But honestly, I... I think they used passes maybe. completed. Just... So it's... Yeah. Okay. It was just, no, it it's wasn't as close as I thought. It was 56-44, yeah. Yeah, but it's still, like, I think it was a, a pretty well-balanced game for us. I think we were just better at uh, attacking quickly, which may be uh, why technically they won the possession battle. Uh, but there were good stretches of the game 
where we seem to control the tempo. Um, in, in all fairness, uh, Swope Park was um, pretty well deep most of the game. Uh, I mean, they were playing a very well, basically a, uh, we're going to play deep and counter. And, and they had the, I mean, we looked, um, exploited a couple times because their midfielders was a quality set of midfielders. I mean, uh, yeah, those, uh, Cusio, those are, those are some good players. Mm-hmm. Kuzain, uh, and then, and then, uh, Zalalem, um, who used to play for Arsenal. I don't know. Exactly yeah. Was he an academy player for them? I don't remember. Uh, both. Next, he but. was, so oh, he's, okay. he's a U.S. Uh, I think he's like German American. I think he was, Uh-oh. um, I don't, I don't know his full background, but I'm pretty sure he's German American, and he was living in the U.S. Um, and Arsenal signed him to their academy when he was like a early teenager or something like that, yeah. uh, or maybe it was late teenager, maybe he's 15 or 16, I don't know exactly. But uh, he he broke through, signed a first team contract, never really did a lot, got hurt. A, I think he tore his ACL maybe twice um, and went out on loan a couple times and was just one of those you know it's it happens a lot to young americans they go go over to europe and for whatever reason doesn't work out and then they come back um so he's kind of just figuring out where he fits in i think at sporting kansas city um and so i think he's played more for swope park than he has for sporting uh but Mm -hmm. i I was worried about the midfield in this game because he he and those other two players they're both young kuzane and um Busio are both young, but they're really good for their age. Uh, Busio is actually from Greensboro, um, oh, which is cool. I didn't know that. That's that's I, I root for him because of that. But he's like seventeen. He's like sixteen or seventeen. He's crazy young, yeah. uh, and most of the time he's coming off the bench for the MLS club, um, and, and, and mm-hmm. impacting the game there. So I was worried about those three against our two, to be honest. And um, yep. it seems like we held up pretty well. Um, yeah, for the I most mean, part. All things considered, just looking at the. Uh... <clears throat> The chalkboard specifically, not like you mentioned, we did outshoot them, and we had 17 total shots too. Uh, I think four were on target. Let me double check that to be sure. If USL website wants to confirm, yes. So four shots on target, um, and in the first half, other uh, we did not allow a shot in the box according to the ticker. I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to base that off my memory because um, it's been too long. But in 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 comparison to that, we had 11 total shots. Um, really, the other thing that was kind of frustrating with this game is that we we had some high-quality chances. Um, I mean, they, I think Enzo had a, a – like you said, he had seven chances created. He, he had a high-quality game too, I think. Um, Dom missed a couple – I mean, he had three total shots, and every one of them were off target, so that was kind of frustrating. Uh, Nicky hit the bar, I think. Yeah. Either before he before he went off, yeah. Was it? And he had that great turn where he just absolutely dusted um, the defender. Mm -hmm. That was one of my favorite moments of the game. That was really good. I mean, he just absolutely dusted him. I was watching it on my phone in a restaurant bar with my wife and mother in law sitting beside me, and I like gasped when he did that. Um, Yeah. And it was kind of embarrassing because like people like looked at me and I was like, "Sorry, like this dude just absolutely ghosted the defender." Uh, yeah, it was just unfortunate we didn't we didn't score off of it. If it, if we'd have scored off it, it would have been goal of the week, you know, candidate for sure. Yeah, but we were. I mean, and and the other thing too that I think 
um, was was welcomed in this match is that we were, weren't afraid to take shots from distance too. Because I mean, we had four of those shots were from only two of them were technically on target um, from Jake and uh, Mensale. Um, but it, it, I think it was it's another instance where you can see the way the season has been and the way things have gone for us that we could just get really frustrated uh, and just be like, well, we're not going to score. We've tried our chances. We haven't been able to capitalize on them. The, good luck. And then just kind of dwindle off into the second half. And yeah. granted in the second half, I mean, we did technically get outshot by a, maybe not a large portion, but a pretty decent portion. Um, I couldn't tell you how many dots they've got. But um, but really, all things considered, we didn't let up a ton of quality chances, I don't feel like. And, and Brandon Miller, too, I think the chances we did, the shots they were able to get, I should say, um, and put on target, Brandon did a high-quality high job. Um, I think – I don't want to – I think Brandon Miller and, and Anderson are – and I don't want to say complimentary keepers, but they kind of do similar things well, I think. But honestly, I mean, for me, I think this game shows you how good of a keeper Brandon Miller is, how calm of a keeper he is. Because, I mean, unless I'm mistaken, I can't remember a specific time where there was just, you were just concerned about him being in goal or he was maybe making a slight mistake or that type of thing compared to sometimes that does happen for Anderson and he's a young keeper. So, I mean, you're going to have that happen. Yeah. Um, it's kind of how it is, but I think this is the, I, I don't want to say this is going to happen, but if I'm Brandon Miller and I'm going into McGinnis's office and saying, I'm the starting keeper, I'm giving him this footage or I want to be the starting <laughs> keeper. I'm giving him this footage. Um, but yeah, it's uh, there's there's obviously the negative side of that coin. Um, but all things considered, it was a pretty good outcome, especially considering the roster we had available. Um, I mean, we were out two of our two of our best players that were available to us, quite frankly, uh, being Hugh and Joel. And yeah. pro the, the prospect of that on paper terrified me, uh, quite frankly. Whether or not we were playing um, any championship squad or, quite frankly, a League One squad, to be honest with you. I mean, just the, the sheer prospect of that happening really uh, concerned me, to put it simply. And I, I think we essentially showed some uh, some fight in this game, too. Um yeah, did you have any kind of thoughts on uh, on the rest of the game too? I mean, we do have to talk about the goal that wasn't. Yeah, um, mm. we we've we've kind of we spoke offline about how we were going to approach it. I think I don't want to spend too much time on it because we can just beat a dead horse into the ground when we talk about referees. Because um, yeah. I mean, for the most part, we we pretty much agree uh, about this call, and I think pretty much everybody listening to us probably agrees with us. Um, Essentially, the referee deemed that Jorge Herrera affected the play. Yeah, I think I, I think just, he's crazy to think that, but I think that I think that's what he deemed is that Jorge affected yeah. the play, and that and that that is what it is basically. Yeah, I mean it's it's frustrating. 
it's tough because based on everything, all things considered, the amount of times that that probably happens on any set piece is probably more often than not, quite frankly. And you never see it called. Yeah. Um, the, the fact that he put it on target too, it was funny. Uh, I think I was sitting at Jack's house. Yeah, that's what it was. I was sitting at Jack's house with uh, Gary and Eric. And <laughs> first, I, when, when the foul happened, I was like, this is Herrera territory. Herrera's taking this. He's getting a goal. I was like, this is happening. And I was like, wait, Herrera's not taking it. What is going on? Mensale's taking it. Okay, whatever. And I think right as Mensali went to kick it, Eric said, that's not on target. Or Because I was like, why is Mensali even taking this? I don't even think we've seen him take a free kick. Other than uh, the corner kick last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. But hey, he's he's moving up in the rankings for me after the corner yeah, kicks right. last week because he had really good delivery on the corners last week. And then this mm-hmm. one, you know, if, if we're getting, if we got a free kick on that right side, I'm all for it. Yeah. And just the sheer, I mean, the goal in of itself was amazing. And I think, I don't know, the, the rule frustrates me because he didn't even infringe upon the rule. But, I mean, there is the argument, too, that it's kind of frustrating that, because I think based on the knowledge that the, the referee seemed to warn Herrera, if you stay in that position, you're going to get called offside. And he stayed there. Based on Herrera's... Uh, reaction after it was called i think he kind of knew he was in the wrong um I, I still don't think he should have called it offside because I, quite frankly he he did not affect the play he did not block the keeper he did not stop the wall from getting on getting, right because if he had stopped somebody in the wall from jumping it would have been yeah. a foul and it would have been a free yeah. a free kick for that but yeah th- that he was deemed offside the only argument really that you can have is that the referee said that he blocked the line of sight of the goalkeeper, which I, I think, I, I just don't think, I don't buy that argument because no. for one, he was standing so close to the wall that, it, you know, it was, I, to, I mean, I'm a little frustrated that maybe he was there in the first place because why? Yeah. Like, because we're saying yeah. he didn't affect the play. Typically you don't put somebody there, unless the intent is to affect the play. But usually when Mm -hmm. you see uh, your own player joining the wall, it's not behind the wall. It's usually in front or, you know, in the wall to try and legally block the goalkeeper's view. And obviously, but, you know, the goalkeeper got a good jump on, on the, he got a good read on it. He just couldn't keep it out. He just didn't have a strong enough dive. Um, Mm -hmm. But like I said, we can beat this to death. Uh, it sucks. It seems like this is the second time this season that we've been uh, quote unquote robbed of uh, of a win. Um, I think we we can feel hard done by in the Nashville game based on a couple of the calls that didn't go our way, um, and then obviously this one where we we put the ball in the net and unfortunately it we th- you know we think it was a not mistake but just a you know ultimately it's a judgment call and i I just think he used poor judgment i don't think jorge affected the play but i can see the i can see why you know if you're going to follow the letter of the law um which i don't think is always the right thing to do 
uh, I can see why yeah. it was the call was made. So, yeah, but regardless, it did happen. Um, and I'll be honest with you too. I the the way my mood has been this season, I was like, well, Spol Park's going to score and we're going to get zero points. Out. Yeah, I was like, this is it's going to happen. If it doesn't happen, and thank God because I I would have been even more frustrated. I mean, a point isn't great, especially considering they're below us in the table. We played a lot better, but I feel like this. There's more positives than negatives to take from this. And I think, I mean, it's hard to build upon something towards something else at this point of the season and where we are on the table and things of that nature. But I mean, I want to say this is a, a net positive in some ways. I mean, we, we luckily weren't robbed of a point. Uh, well, technically we were robbed of two points, but that's neither here nor there. But we still got a point out of the match. I mean, I think... Um, all things considered, I wonder, I'm actually curious how we did as far as the this away stretch we had, because it was, what, four games away? Is that right? Uh, let's see, we've played, I think it was three. Three away. Um, Ottawa. Four and away. Pitts, was, four, four back-to-back. Who yeah, did we play? Nashville, Pittsburgh. Nashville, that's right. Ottawa, it was Nashville, Pittsburgh. Okay, yeah. Um. We definitely feel like we could have gotten some wins out of those games, I think, and we we very well should have. Well, that's actually really disappointing when I look at that. Um, yeah, I mean, we could have we yeah. could have come out of this road trip with seven points theoretically, which is crazy to think because the Pittsburgh performance was so bad and the Ottawa performance yeah. was worse. The fact that we, yeah, so I, in I, theory, could have come away with seven points is kind of crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it, it's tough to draw positives out of, in a way, three road games we could have gotten three points out of, especially compared, considering the um, the competition we were playing against. Um, but, I mean, at least we bounced back in some ways. I mean, that, that, I think that's definitely something to... Uh, be happy about i mean i i'm much more optimistic than i probably should be um be honest with you um but i mean we are coming back home finally luckily um and i i think it'll be uh a welcomed uh welcome change in the schedule um and one from what i hear um it's going to be a very well attended match um i heard that uh, they're doing some type of a uh, independence SC, which is essentially the the youth club right. organization, mm-hmm. like uh, night out at the park. Oh, uh, and cool! And I think there's over two thousand tickets sold already, and that was a, as of a couple of days ago. That's great. Uh, Hopefully, the weather will cooperate. Oh yeah, I wonder what it is actually going to be. I didn't even think about that. We've yeah. I mean, we've had some what bad luck with weather here? this year. We've had a lot yeah. of we've had bad luck on on the field perspective and off really to if, mm. um but we don't have to beat that over the head either <laughs> yeah so um and, and i think another thing that's worth kind of bringing into perspective for where we are currently we are 17th we have nine points it's i don't want to transition too much into a big picture unless we have more to talk about the game do you have any more to talk about the game no i was going to move us into listener questions so go right ahead okay the only other thing to look in far as the table goes, we are 17th. We have nine points. 
we're four points away from 10th. I mean, it's, so in a little bit of a run here, and it, it's not out of the question that we can we can have a little bit of a bounce back here. Um, but yeah, that's just like my opinion. So yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, let's do some let's, listener questions. Let's we do it. Number. Yeah. We've got a, we got a good good number. So uh, first one is from Matt Donaher. He says, what's a realistic target for points this season? So you said we're at nine points. Is that right? Yeah, we're at nine points as of uh, as of right now. So that's nine points out of 14. Yikes. That's not great. <laughs> yeah. I think, what's it, 30? It's like a little six. less. It's like a little more than half a point per game. Yeah. Um, which obviously, if if we get half a point per game over thirty six games, I think it's actually point six five or something like that. Okay. Uh, but it's it over thirty six. Is it thirty six or thirty four games? Maybe it's thirty four. Um, I think it's thirty four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think thirty four. Well, I there's th- eighteen, and we play. Well, no, I don't know. I'm I think gonna... realistically, we have. So we have twenty games left, right? Yeah. I think if we get if we can improve our points per game to I don't know if we can double it. Doubling it I feel like might be difficult. But maybe not because we've only won one game. So, you know, you start you you put three wins together in a month, then you know, you're you're moving you're you know, you're gathering up points quickly. Um honestly, like I think if we get anywhere close to 30 points, I think that's probably right around the the where we're going to be is probably somewhere around 30 mm. points which is not good but i, I just don't see yeah. we've played now now we've played some good teams some bad teams um you know we can't really use the our schedule was loaded to start the season excuse anymore because now we've played yeah. some of these bottom dweller teams that are bottom dwellers with us and we haven't looked all that impressive against them either i mean we've played pittsburgh loudon or we haven't played Birmingham and Memphis, Hartford and Swope Park. I mean, those are all the teams that are in the bottom with us pretty much. Um, So we have Birmingham and Memphis, so we'll see. I think we have both of those games coming up later this month, I think. I think we play it. I know we play Birmingham next week, but I think we play Memphis We have Memphis soon too. Two weeks after that. Yeah. We played Louisville and then Memphis after that. So we'll see. I mean, and, and I'm not discounting. I mean, we've seen this team with some of these same players get hot before and go on yeah. a run. I don't think we're ever going to see I don't think we're going to see anything like we saw in 2017 or 2016 in terms of like going on like 9-10 game unbeaten streak anything like that. But I could see us getting hot and getting, you know, getting two or three wins in a, in a month over the last couple of months and maybe maybe you get I mean, it's kind of crazy. If you look at where we are in terms of playoffs which is crazy to talk about playoffs but we're only four points out of 10th which is the playoff line and yes the the team sitting yeah. in 10th right now has a game in hand on us so let's say we're you know let's give them a point for their next game so we're five points out i mean it's not impossible that this team could get hot in and make the playoffs i don't think it's going to happen because i think we've seen um i've seen i think we've seen enough to know what we are at this point uh, which is a team who's going to be on the outside looking in, um, but I, I think I think we could realistically come off of that and not be in the 
the last two or three teams um, in yeah. the league. But yeah, I think they're around somewhere around thirty points. Yeah, I mean, I think I th- it's it's tough because I mean, if you look at based on get thirty points this year, uh, we're going to be bottom three essentially compared to what it was last year. Um, Atlanta United two at thirty one points that was in fourteenth, which was technically bottom three. Yeah, back then. Um, what did Richmond and, have last season? Uh, twenty two. Okay, and so we I, I don't think we're quite as bad as so. Richmond was last year. Yeah, I think. We would be, um, we would be in tough shape if we were that bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting because I mean, if you look at our uh, standings from last year, we had ten wins, twelve losses, twelve draws. Do I think we're going to get to t- ten wins? No, it's going to be tough now. I, I mean, I, I, we have to. I, I, there's no way we get to ten wins. Yeah, I mean, we'd have to get nine. You know, we'd have to win almost half of our games at this point. Yeah, that's probably not happening. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and say that. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be sho- I'd be shocked if we get a result out of ten of our next twenty games. To be honest, which that may yeah, hurt. I mean, that might hurt my points yeah. prediction. I don't know. No, I don't, we only have to get eleven more points. Or no, what did I say? Thirty points. We have yeah. nine. Okay, we have. We need to get more than eleven. We need to get. I'm bad at math. We need to get twenty-one <laughs> points. Yeah, 21 points. Which is so, seven wins or some combination of, like, <clears throat> wins and draws. I'm not 14 gonna do, draws. I'm not going to do more math. Um, I don't know. Um, it's late and it's a Monday. It's really not even that late, but it is Monday. Um, yeah. So, but, yeah, it, it won't be easy to get above 30 points. But, yeah, I mean, we have done pretty well in the middle of the season before and i think we're (laughs) there technically yeah i don't know i just have a hard time like i just have a hard time comparing this team to teams we've had in the past just because our weaknesses are so like stark i don't know yeah i mean are they though because i mean we've had trouble defending and we haven't capitalized on chances yeah but we've always been we've always been for the for the most part, we've always been pretty strong in the midfield, and we've been really good at creating chances. We haven't always been good at finishing chances. Like last year, our finishing was a real problem, and in 2017, yeah. we just kind of ran out of gas. I think after the the summer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I mean I see your point. Um, yeah. I don't really know what to make of this team, to be honest. It will not be boring. I I would like to assume. But, uh, yeah, I think we have a, another one, though. Another question. Let's see here. It is from uh, the other Matt, Matt TW, a.k.a. Bo Round and Round, which is such a great <laughs> Twitter name. I love that Twitter name. Anyways, it really is. Uh, when discussing causes for poor performances, the player's skill and talent never really seems to come up. Is that because tactical choices and bad luck are really the only causes, or is it possible that some of our players have been overrated? Uh, this is a really good question and one that mm. I've kind of been thinking about, yeah, um, kind of throughout the season. Like, I think obviously there are some coaching issues in terms of yeah. where the, we've talked about that at length, um, mm. but I, I think to an extent. Um, 
I have a hard time blaming the players for being mm. overrated. Um, and I'll tell you why. Mm. Um, I think we've seen it's it's mainly because we've seen these players perform much better than they're performing this season. Um, and and to, and to me, it's it's it would be too much of a coincidence for so many of these players to underperform all at the same time, and it and it be because they're overrated or because they are playing poorly just in and of themselves. I think so many of them are not performing at their best due to some of the tactical choices and personnel decisions and, and just philosophy that the team is trying to accomplish. Um, that That's where I, I mean, we, Hugh Roberts was a best 11 defender like two years ago in the league. And mm-hmm. even last year he was a great, he was on the best defense in the league. And obviously Bob Lilly probably has a lot to do with that systematically, but I think he can really play. I think he can really defend. Um, <laughs> and I think Hassan Indom is another one who has looked much better for other clubs than he has played for us. Um, and I think when you start, and, and, and Enzo is another one. Enzo is not fulfilling his potential. Uh, Jorge, not really fulfilling his potential. Mm. These these are guys who we've seen first and firsthand what they can do in the in terms of most of these. Joel Johnson's another one. Like Joel Johnson really hasn't had a, had a large impact in on the season. Mm. These are guys who we know can really play. Um, and it's just it's too many of them for me to think that it, they're all having a bad year independent of the coaching, if that makes sense. Um, but I, it's possible. It's possible that some of them are overrated. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think some pieces have definitely not gelled as well as others. I think there's the... I don't. I almost hate to say this, but I, I think T. Coat has not been a quality signing, quite frankly. Um, I, I think Mensali's been. I, I don't want to say the expectations for him were pretty high, but I think he's he's not wowed me. I wouldn't. Uh, I'll say this: he's I played mean, a lot better lately technically. than he started. Mensali has. Lost goose for a second. Oh. Hey, lost you oh, for a second. I, think, I was just saying. Okay. Uh, I think Mensali's been playing better lately. I think. I think, like you said, like the expectations for him. Yeah. I think we're different. I, I. I think we expected him to be more of a attacking winger, and where he's played mm-hmm. since we've kind of shifted our our system. He's been playing more as a wing back, um, which has, I think, suited him a bit better than playing as an attacking winger. Um, I think he's less explosive than he used to be. And because of that, he's not as effective when he's kind of on an island as an attacking winger. Uh, whereas when he's able to combine more with, he, he's looked a lot better. Um, you know, his finishing has left a little bit to be desired. Um, mm. you know, he had a couple of chances in the Hartford game that he probably could have put away. Same with the Florida soccer soldiers game. Um, so he's had moments where he's put himself in good positions and just hasn't finished them. And that can be down to luck. That can be, maybe he's just not a great finisher, you know, all kinds of issues with that. But, um, he's one that I think I'm coming around a little bit on. And I think 
Mm. Uh, there's a good chance, I think, that Andrew Gutman goes back to Celtic when their preseason starts, and mm. he'll be kind of our full-time left wing back, um, and we'll get to see kind of really what he's made of. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think... Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it, but I think some things have been a little bit underwhelming, uh, and I think I think Dom has been pretty quality though, um, and I think also yeah. he's been a, a good addition overall. They just haven't we haven't figured out exactly how the pieces fit together quite as well as you think at this point, um, which, as we've kind of said, I think that's more on the coaching quite frankly than on the players because you really can't it would take a above usl quality player i would think or a very high quality usl player to outplay the scheme that they're in essentially if that makes sense yeah totally totally makes sense so uh next question comes from uh tyler corn and he says, is there any chance there's a coaching change mid-season? Um, I would personally be shocked if we changed coaches uh, mid-season. Yeah. I think if there's going to be a coaching change, I think it'll occur after the season. Um, you know, it was obvious, It was announced that, or I guess, I don't know if it, this was announced, but it was reported that uh, McGinnis signed a three-year deal when he came over. Um, mm. So I think there's a chance that if things don't improve that they try to negotiate a buyout for those last two years and maybe don't have to pay out the whole uh, salary for the two years and, and, and just, you know, part mutually part company part ways, you know, they'll, they'll probably um, fluff up the language. If that happens, um, that's typically the, the way these things, these things go. Um, But I, I think there's a chance that it happens after the season. I just don't think that there is during the season. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I would be, especially at this point. Yeah, that's a good point. I was actually going to say, if they were yeah. going to do it, I think it would have happened already. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think we're pretty much at the point where it's kind of too late. Um, so I think we just ride it out. And, um, I mean, unless unless things get just really, really bad in the locker room oh, and, and, and the, you know the team just quits on him that's the only situation that I think would, would, would require um, a coaching change. And I don't really see that happening. I don't think we have, I mean, I don't, I don't know all of our players as well as previous rosters, but I don't really get that vibe from many of our players. Um, but you never know. Um, it can, we don't, we're not privy to what goes on. So, um, so yeah, that kind of sums that one up. Um, Richard says independent signed a soccer soldier. What's up with that? So yeah, we didn't, we were going to kind of cover this um, later, but we'll go ahead and cover it. Now we, we, we mm-hmm. signed Valentin Sabaya, uh, which was the 19 year old attacker for Florida soccer soldiers. He's the one who uh, took advantage of Hassan and Dom's back pass and Ripped uh, our hearts out. scored, and, but he scored a couple other goals in the tournament and, and, and quite frankly looked like their best player. Uh, every, every time I watched them play, he looked like their best player. He was, really um really fun to watch really exciting player for them um i think i'm t- i'm really torn about what this move kind of means and, and and i was gonna see what you thought about this i feel like in different circumstances i think it would 
be just all 100% awesome. But I think just part of it is part of my hesitation is if he's only signed for this season, it's almost just like a fluff story, you know, but it, you know, if the, if he has an option for next season and it's almost like a, he, it's almost like a half year tryout essentially, uh, yeah. then I can get, I can get on board with that way more than if it is, if he's just signed for half the year. Uh, because at this point, the weakness of our team is not the attacking talent. It's the, yeah. it's the midfield. It's the back line. It's, it's, it's the depth. Um, you know, the only place we have depth is our attacking players. Um, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against it. I'm not like unhappy about it. Um, I think mm-hmm. it, you know, it seems like Alex Martinez has been banished to not be in the 18 ever, uh, which is really frustrating, but he he's he's not it seems like he's not rated by the coaching staff um and you know Nikki Jackson did just get hurt for the second time so there's he's probably going to get an opportunity to play um mm-hmm. so i guess we'll see um oh, i I'd, I'd love it if he would come in and score some goals get some assists you know look look lively look fun bring a spark um but part of me thinks he's going to join Enzo and Jorge and Dom and uh, mm. the rest of the attack in being frustrated with not having chances to get on the ball and, and to do a whole lot because our midfield can't control the game and, and we're letting in a lot of goals. So that that's my worry about it um, mm. is that it doesn't really address a need. Um, but it is a fun story. Like, I'm happy for him. It, it's great that he yeah. was able to use his success in the Open Cup to, gre- to get a, uh, a contract and all that. Um, so really happy to have him. Uh, I'm just not sure how much of an impact he'll get to have just based on how the season's going. So what are yeah. your thoughts about it? Um, when I initially heard about it, I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> um, to be honest with you, just cause it seemed unbelievable. Um, but I mean, there is something to be said about a quality story. I think it is going to be tough. Like you said, for him to break into the, uh, a starting position or even a, an opportunity to, get quality minutes quite frankly yeah um because really i mean he he is a forward but he is five six um i don't care about that well but but what i'm getting at it i'll I'll say this what i'm getting at his considering his height and i mean you don't have to be tall to be a striker i mean i'll I'll just say that you wonder if he's going to be more of a winger because the only position i would think because he's not going to jump dom i wouldn't think i wouldn't even think he's in a jump zane uh or zion uh i still don't know how to pronounce it obviously um but uh i I feel like the role he would more likely fit into would be enzo's role and i feel like that's even less likely for him to to lose minutes to uh to enzo or to gain minutes from Enzo, whichever way that works out. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's exciting. Like you said, if it's something that we can build upon and we can bring him back next year, um, depending on how he does this season, I think it's a fine signing. I, I think it's there's not much we're really going to lose from this too. Um, I think it's just, it is kind of curious that we, as we've talked about, we, we've kind of had problems in the, the central uh, midfield position and i i don't believe he's going to fit in that position at all um so 
yeah, a little bit curious is, is the way I'll describe it. Yeah, I mean, I could see him playing either Enzo's position or as one of the front two. Um, Jorge, I feel like, is a similar... Pl- I feel like he's a mm. more of a Jorge than an Enzo. Uh, okay. If that makes My sense. My thought was that he's going he's gonna to kind of drop deeper, considering his level of play that he was playing at before, too, as a forward. But, I mean, that's true. He could, he could kind of go into a, a Herrera-type role that's... No- not going to be a physically commanding forward, but a, uh, I'm assuming a lot, but like more of a uh, tactical uh, forward in the sense of being in the right position at the right time and, and, that, and that type of thing. Yeah. And he's got great hair, so there's that. That's, Definitely. That's well, that too. Yeah, the flow The flow is nice. Um, yeah. He, I, he, no, he I, 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 I'm with you. Like, I, I hope it's something we can build on. I hope it's a player that, you know, he can prove that he belongs at this level and, and will you know, be some, somebody we can build on next year. Um, but yeah, I, I could see him getting spells as, um, kind of Jorge Enzo substitute, that kind of thing. I think he could play in either one of those positions and, uh, and do well. So, um, next question, uh, prediction time. Will, this is also from Richard, by the way. Will the independents finish the season with the current team of players we have right now? Will it be bigger with more signings to come, or will the season end with fewer players on the roster? This is a good question because um, I think I've already hinted at what I think. I think we are going to probably lose Andrew Gutman at some point. I, I just feel like there's been there's been rumors of that kind of swirling. Um, the, him being called into the United States men's national team camp, I feel like added to my feeling that we're probably going to lose him when it comes Celtic preseason. Um, and the fact that we're at the bottom of the table is not going to help our cause. I I think if we were Mm. pushing, if we were at the top and, you know, we were, Gutman was, you know, playing, potentially playing in the playoffs, that kind of thing. I think maybe you might get to keep him for longer but i think at this point it's um he's probably going to get his shot at celtic sooner rather than later uh, because he, when he's playing mean, he's he's looked really good for us um consider all you know considering how bad we've been as a team um yeah and and that but the problem is we got to replace some of these guys so like you know there's another question about if kivan is going to come back from international duty or if he'll just be released from his contract because he's another one that for whatever reason, uh, can't get in the team. I mean, at, at this point, by the end of the Gold Cup, he'll probably have played more games for Trinidad and Tobago national team than he has for the Charlotte Independents, which is absolutely inexcusable mm. if it's for any reason other than inj- injury. And, you know, I, if he's been playing all these games for Trinidad, I feel like he's not injured. Um, so, th- I yeah. mean, that's, those are two candidates right there. And then you've got Alex Martinez, but, you know, is he going to be happy not getting in the 18 when he could probably start for the majority of teams in USL um, or at least mm. be one of the uh, 14 players that plays every week, if you know, coming off the bench or, or starting um, for someone else. I, he's another guy that I could see wanting to, to get out. Um, so there's three candidates right there of, mm. to leave. And, um, I don't know if we'll be able to replace all of them, uh, but you know our, our squad can't get that much smaller. We've fielded eighteen players. What like 
two or three times this season. So yeah. I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, I think it'll be curious. I think at this point, too, it'll be tough to bring in other players um, simply just because of the, the where we are in the schedule and everything, too. Um, I mean, it's it's not very likely that uh, there isn't really a transfer window that I know of in USL, but... No, there's just the rule that um, they have to play, I think, five games before a certain date, yeah. before the playoffs to be eligible for the playoffs. I think that's the only really rule in terms of roster additions. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see with those losses that we're going to have potentially Gootman. And, and these are just, potential. We're, you know, these aren't – Yeah. Th- these are not set in stone. These are not absolutely going to happen. These are just candidates So is, is the word I used. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and and that's the thing is I, I don't know it, it'll be curious, but I think there's still a lot to to figure out the rest of the season, and uh, I just it'd be difficult for me to see an, a player come on this late and make a lasting impact if nothing else too is the other thing. Um, so uh, yeah. All righty. Uh, the next question is from carson merck and it's a fun question it says what is goose's all-time favorite seinfeld episode see this is a tough one for me um yeah for those of you who don't know goose's favorite show is seinfeld it's it's up there it's it's definitely up there i mean it's like the only thing you do gifts of like yeah i feel like it has to be your favorite by default yeah, it it, def- it it is. It's a show I continually go back to. Um, last year, I watched the entire series uh, from start to finish, um, which wasn't the first time, of course. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really big on favorites or like number ones and, and things like that. But if <laughs> I had to, if I had to pick, so I'm going to base this pick on if I'm introducing somebody to Seinfeld. This is the episode that I think is the quintessential Seinfeld episode. And it has to be the Chinese restaurant episode. Have you seen the Chinese restaurant episode? I have seen very little episodes of Seinfeld. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah, a okay. little bit before my time. So, like, I grew yeah. up... Yeah, I grew up without it. I, it was in the early... I feel like it started in the early 90s, right? Yeah, I mean, it was before my time, too. I never watched it when it was on TV. Okay, or, well, I'm not that old. How old do you think I am? I mean, I know you're not that old, but I feel like when you're talking about '90s television shows, like a year or two can make a big difference. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm just 26, so I, yeah. I was, I was born, I think, during the heyday of it. More, you know, I was a baby, so. Yeah, but I think the Chinese restaurant episode is, and it's like it was like the coming out party for for uh, Seinfeld too. Not to go too far down this tangent, but I think it just does an excellent job of showing the comedy. I think the fact that it has a, a, uh, I don't know what, an extra voiced by Larry David makes it funny too. It's another added bonus to the to the episode, and it's oddly enough, it's a Kramerless episode, which makes it weird that it's my favorite. But uh, yeah, I would say that's probably my favorite Seinfeld episode. Good stuff. Um, my favorite television show is Parks and Recreation. Uh, we, I know we've briefly talked about that before. My favorite episode of Parks and Recreation, nobody asked me, but I'm going to tell you anyways because I feel left out. Um, 
but my favorite episode is probably the I, I think it's called the fight which is like season three uh, but it's the snake juice episode, if you've ever seen the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, th- th- one of the characters creates this alcohol, and it's like a combination of Kahlua, coffee, and some other super strong alcohol. And they just Ooh. all drink it at this bar, and it's, like, insane. They all go crazy. Uh, it's 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 one of the funnier television shows I've ever seen, and then one of the funnier episodes of it. So, that one's my favorite, um, and we can go on to the to the last and final question uh, from Jason. He asked a silly question actually about Taco Bell and talk about it, um, which I feel like the name of that segment used to be Taco about it, and now it's Taco about it. Now it's all about tacos. There was a little bit of a shift there. Not complaining, just pointing it out. A rebrand, if you will. A rebrand. That's a good good point. Uh, but apparently, yeah. Taco Bell was brought up in the last one. I didn't get to watch it. I think it was with Jake. Uh, it was it was Marianne and Jake. Yeah. And uh, they were talking about Taco Bell apparently at some point. And huh. so I don't really know how to answer the question. It's, is it a metaphor for the season? A parable? I don't really know, Jason. That's a weird question. I'm gonna go to your next question. Um, the next <laughs> question is over under three and a half wins for the rest of the season. Does Enzo score this season? Does Alex make the 18 again? And does Kivon return or get released? <laughs> so these are the questions we've already kind of talked about. But um, mm. let's just kind of one by one go through these. So over under three and a half wins for the rest of the season. What say you? Um, I'm going to say over. I was supposed to have this question in front of me so I could just rattle through these. And I'm trying to. I'm going to go time. with over as well. Um, yeah, I'm going to say over. That's four wins. That means we get to a total of yeah. five wins. I think we can win five games this season. I mean, we've almost won. I mean, we really, if you think about it, we should have won three by now. Um, so yeah. we can, if we play as, you know, if we play marginally better over the second half of the season than we did in the first half, we should get to four wins uh, yeah. rather than just one. <laughs> um, so does Enzo score this season? I think yes. Um, at some point, we're going to get a penalty and Jorge's not going to be on the field, and Dom's not going to be on the field. And I, I don't even know. I don't know if Dom is, the, is a good penalty taker. I know Jorge is generally our first penalty taker, um, and Enzo used to be kind of second in that line. Um, mm. But at some point, he'll get a penalty or he'll 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 get a goal. Um, I think he'll get at least one. That'd be crazy. <laughs> It'd be crazy if a guy who scored. Mm what was it 17 goals two seasons ago in usl yeah. doesn't score uh for it a would. whole season that would be insane yeah and i think these last two are tough because both of them there's a lot of speculation there yeah so speculation think... station choo, choo. <laughs> <laughs> i think alex deserves to be in the 11 quite frankly um and same with kivon but if if I had to put my money down on one of those players getting released, um, I I don't even want to say released. I mean, because we could always just do a loan and then it kind of just ends his contract. But yeah. I mean, I'd have to put my money on Kevon. Not that I want that to happen, because I think he's what we need. Right. Um, I mean, we'll we'll think about it. Kevon is also the most likely to like go off in the Gold Cup and have like a great tournament. And and let's just say he he bosses the midfield in all three of their games. And those MLS people watching are like, oh, who's this defensive mid that's killing all of our players? Uh, Let's Mm -hmm. let's sign him up for the rest of the season. You know, that's that's 
that's likely that could that's just as likely to happen in my opinion for Kivon as it is us just like releasing him to go play somewhere else in USL or 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 wherever um but yeah I, I don't really know where to I think Alex makes the 18 at some point uh I would like to think but then again we were down we you know coach McGinnis is not afraid to not carry 18 players so um, I don't know if we can even call it an 18. We should probably just start calling it a 17 because that's really more like it. Um, yeah. So does Alex make the 17? I mean, <laughs> he's had uh, he's been healthy as far as we know uh, the last few weeks and and wasn't on the traveling team. So you can you know read into that however you'd like, but I, I'd be I'd like to think he'd make it. But if he hasn't made it the last few weeks. I'm not really um, hopeful that he'll make it again, which sucks because I think, he, like you said, I think he deserves to play a role. Um, and I think it's um, it's really unfortunate because he has been really good for this club. Um, mm. You know, he's he's had his moments of emotional outbursts and frustrating the fans and all that. And and I've been critical of him at times, but I I think you cannot find a player who gives more on the field uh, for, for his team in heart and soul, every game you can count on him um, to give it uh, for the most part. And it's frustrating to see him just be banished uh, for what appears to be no reason. Um, but that, I don't, I don't want to get too, too much into that. Cause I'll just get mad. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> All righty. So that is, um, yeah, that does it. That's all the questions we have for today. Other than our our buddy Chris said, is this the most depressing sequence of questions Talking Jacks has ever received? Referencing Jason's questions. Um, but yeah, it's definitely up there. <laughs> um, so yeah, do you have anything else you'd like to add before we get out of here, Ben? Still there, Ben? Yes, I'm still here. Sorry, my connection's being weird tonight. Gotcha. It's fine. It happens. It's the problem of having one of us who lives 90 miles away from Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think we'll be back with you guys on Thursday uh, or Friday to talk about Birmingham. We should be able to get a guest. They have like a million podcasters. Um, yeah. And I think we've already been in contact with some of them. So should have a episode coming up for you later this week, previewing that matchup. And, uh, yeah, hope everybody has a good week. Looks like it's going to be a lot of rain. So stay dry and uh, come on, you jacks. Woo!